God. Amen. Amen. Come on, give these guys some. Couldn't y'all just like sit under that and listen to it and just let it just wash over your soul for a little bit? Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go to, we get lots of ground to cover. Is that okay? All right. Just go fast. All right. Buckle up. Buckle up. All right. Go to 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. We're going to start there. Then we're going to go to Genesis. Then we're going to Revelations. Then we're going to go to first. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I want you to go to uh, 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your merciful kindness. Lord, we've come to establish a government in your name. We ask, Lord God, that you would move as, Lord God, you desire to move. Pray, Father God, that we would understand, Lord, the word of God, that we may understand the day in which we are living. God, we give you all the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus, Jesus' name. 1 Kings 18th chapter, we're going to go back. I felt like last week I got into, the, I got into the, uh, the meat of the message towards the end of the message. And so I want to I go back and recap, and then I'm going to take you just a step further. But we notice here that there was a calling of a nation. How many know that God is calling the nations? Calling the nations. Before Jesus came the first time, there was the spirit of Elijah that came. And prepare the way. So we see the spirit of Elijah being just the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And he's got to work in the land even today. And the first thing that Elijah did was he repaired the altar. The altar. We understand as we refer to prayer as an altar, and yes, that is rightfully befitting. But the altar I'm talking about is the altar, the message, the completed work of Christ. And I believe when the church begins by the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to illuminate the completed work of Christ, these walls will not hold what God is going to do. God is going to move in such a way to begin to call them in. Those of you in the balcony, you better enjoy because it's about to get crowded. Those of you on the, on the floor, you might as well enjoy because it's about to get crowded because God is going to reach in and he's going to pull in those that are lost. I believe it. I get up every day expecting it. And so as we look here, I'm, the revelation I want us to look at is the, in the completed work of Christ is starting here in verse 33 of 1 Kings 18. And we talked about this last week, and we're going we're gonna to delve into that a little bit more. Here is Elijah, and he prepares the altar. He puts the sacrifice on the altar. Puts the wood in place, the stones in place, and then in verse 33, he put the wood in order, and he cut the bull in pieces. He laid it on the wood, and he said, fill four water pots. Why four? I don't know, maybe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Fill four water pots with water, pour it upon the burnt offering, burnt sacrifice on the wood. And then he said, do it a second time, that he did it a second time. said, do it a third time, that he did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He also filled the trench with water. Now skip down to verse 37. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Who turned their hearts back? God turned their hearts back to them again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stone, the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, 
they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Nation, for we know two or three and a half years, it wasn't a drop of rain fell from the sky. Didn't affect them. Maybe got their attention. The stage was being set. They didn't turn back. They didn't forsake their worship. But when the fire illuminated the altar, the completed work of Christ, then they turned and they began to cry out. They began to cry out, the Lord, he is God. Now, the part I want to get to there is the saturation, if you will, of the sacrifice. Those of you who were here last week, there'll just be this little added extra for you today. Maybe you didn't get it all, but, but we're, gonna, we're just gonna, we're going to massage it a little bit. But we see here, three times there was four water pots, filled, covered the sacrifice, drenched everything. We see that as baptism. Baptism. When we look at baptism, it is a, it is a passing from one side to another. Amen? We'll read some scriptures here in just a minute, and we'll talk about that a little further. But actually, we have four baptisms that are represented here in this passage. Four baptisms represented. The three with water, and then when he cries out, that sacrifice is baptized in fire. We'll talk about that. Now, when you look at this, we see baptism is a passing through. We, it is a portrait, if you will. When we fill these baptistry tanks and we get in there, we believe that we are, the portrait is we are being buried with Christ, as the Word tells us, and then we're rising again with Christ. So we identify with his death, his burial, and his resurrection, ultimately his ascension, his glory. So it is a, it is a portrait for you and I because God doesn't want us to miss it. It's a leaving the old, dead life, and we're rising to a new life. We're, we're leaving an old land, and we're going to a new land. We're coming out of darkness, and we're going into light. We are not who we are. We are brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. So as we look at the Word of God, what we see, when did Israel go through the water? We saw the flood, not Israel, I'm sorry. The covenant people, when did they go through the water? They went at the flood, at the Red Sea, and at the Jordan. They passed through the water. They passed through the water. What we see is there was a leaving of the old and coming into a new. A leaving of the old coming into the new. So here the world is corrupt because of sin. It is perpetrated, it is infiltrated, it has infected the entirety of the world to the point that the Lord regretted the fact that he made man and he calls Noah the righteous of his generation though he was not perfect because he was born into a sinful world and now he tells him to build an ark for the saving of your house. Those of you that have been in Kentucky, you can see the, the ark out there is a magnificent thing. But we see, as he entered into the ark, it was a type of coming out of the old, and there was going to, when the waters of the earth began to rescind, and they began to settle back down, and the mountain peaks began to rise, and the land began to appear again, they stepped off of the ark, and the world was changed. Completely 
changed, never, ever, never to be the same. See, when you pass through the waters, it's the top of your salvation. When you, you leave the old and you step into the new. It, there were times where I came to an altar, I made a confession, and I didn't have any ch change. My operating systems were the same. I continued with the same friend group. I continued to, to, to same to self-destructive self behavior. It wasn't until I came to the moment where I said, no more, no more. I surrender all to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe that, I, Lord, your sacrifice was enough. I don't want my old life. I want a new life. I give up. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. And in that moment, it was a transformation that took place. I passed out of death into life. I was not who I was anymore. Amen? See, because, and here's the thing about the portrait God wants us to see. They couldn't get back to the old world. The old world was gone. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are root to ever be the same sinner you were. Because now your atmosphere is different. You can't, you can't, you can't enjoy it. You, you can't enjoy it. There's some, some old lingering habits I had to get rid of because I didn't enjoy them anymore. I, I didn't want them anymore. My cravings begin to change. My, my desires begin to change. I, I came out of the, I, the Lord rescued me in the ark of Jesus and I, I, I can't go back to the old world anymore. In fact, the old world is so foreign to me now, I don't ever believe that I could find any enjoyment in it. <laughs> Sipping saints, good night, get saved, amen. <laughs> I couldn't sip anything. I was a guzzling, I was a guzzler. If I started out, uh, there was only one recourse. I'm going to be absolutely out of my mind before it's over with. It was all or nothing. It wasn't any sip. It's like a sip. Ooh, that tastes good. That's just one particular thing, okay? But here's the thing. 7-Eleven Jefferson Street, a few decades ago, laying in my bed filled with conviction. Sin had gripped my heart. Satan, I felt like it was in, I was in his tight-fisted grip. I came to the place, I said, God, I, I've got to get out of this. Either save me or kill me, but I can't stay like this. I, I just can't live under this conviction anymore. And God miraculously delivered me, sozo. He took me out of that place of danger and put me in a place of safety. He brought me out of sin and brought me into himself. And now I am his and he is mine. He said, if you will give me all of you, I will give you all of me. If you will give me all of you, I will give you all of me. And it was at the moment where I absolutely surrendered all. And I said, oh God, I give up. I surrender. I am yours. Lord, be mine. And he was. I woke up the next morning, and I promise you, as God is my witness, the sun was brighter, the birds were more beautiful sound. I couldn't go back to who I was because I 
that world was gone. I had passed through. I had gone through the baptism of the, of the completed work of Christ, and now I'm on the other side of it, and I'm looking, thinking, I, I can't even get back there if I wanted to. See, that's salvation. Why would we peddle something of less impact than that? Amen? My Lord, this is the greatest news that has ever been spoken to humanity. That Jesus Christ not only came to deliver you out of your, your own sin-sickened self, he's also come to break the hold of the enemy, and he has come to give you life and give it more abundantly. It is a life that I couldn't find in any other place or any other substance than Jesus Christ. That was the first baptism. Pour it on there. For the second baptism talked about that second baptism was a red sea you get a bible lesson when you show up here today they came and they were under this tight-fisted cheering of a cruel taskmaster only wanting them Pharaoh only wanted the Israelites at this moment in history the Israelites to build his kingdom and when they decided that they wanted to go out and worship Jehovah God, he started withdrawing the resources from them and continued to tell them, you're going to have to keep up the quota. You're going to have to keep working and working and working and working. And it was never, ever enough until the lamb was slain. Now they came out of the power of the blood of the lamb. They came to the Red Sea, and the Lord opened it up as Moses surrendered, lifted his hands, and what did they do? They passed through to the other side. They were on this side under the, under the hand of Pharaoh, and now they're making their way through, and they get to the other side, and Pharaoh decides he's going to follow them through. But wait a minute. As you're all making your way through with your chariots, uh, the God is fighting for his people, his covenant people. Uh, you can't make it through, uh, so let me just help you out a little bit. I'm going to take your wheels off your chariots. And get to the other side, and now... Moses lifts his hand over the sea that he just came through and as the enemy is making their way through the Red Sea all of a sudden it closed up on them and some say well some historians try to say that look they only passed through but the waters were only about three or four inches deep that doesn't take away from the miracle because God drowned the entirety of the Egyptian army with three inches of water come on but see what we're supposed to get in that is just like you can't get back to the old world once you understand and you've been pierced with righteousness you understand the completed work of Christ, it's a new day. See, to telestize, we've talked about it, it means it's finished. The debt's been paid, the, 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 the mission has been accomplished, uh, the sacrifice is accepted, and to telestize is also used as a new day. I, I, I'm walking into a new day. 
I, I say to you, I did not like Christianity. I didn't like Christians. I didn't like going to church. I, I, thought, uh, I, I thought that church was just some, some foreign thing that people did, and, and, and I didn't care one thing about it until God convicted me and came into my heart. And now all of a sudden, as I come alive in Christ, I understand this is the greatest life there is to live as a child of God in relationship with the Lord. It was a brand new day for me. But it wasn't until I got tired of my old day that I step into a new day. But in my old day, the enemy ran roughshod over me. But when God baptized me in the death, burial, and resurrection through salvation, now I'm not under the tyranny of the enemy. Because now greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, the Lord brings us out of darkness. That's what the baptism is supposed to show us. Out of darkness into life. Out of death into life. Out of darkness into life. Transition. I've transitioned through. I've come on the other side of that. He, 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 he buries us with him. But then we raise with him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. Now the life that I live is through the faith, through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the life that I live is in and of and through Him. As I told you last week, just one thing left to do when you get on the other side of the Red Sea. Because your enemy has been drowned and can't pass through. That's when you break it out. You, you do a little roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, the, it's the running man. Something like that. Nah, I don't even know that one. See, you can't defeat your enemy until you go to the completed work of Christ. Now, what do you do? You just praise. You just praise the Lord. You just magnify his name. You just glorify the Lord Jesus Christ because you have passed from death to life. You, you have passed from, from, from darkness to light. You're not his anymore. You belong to the Lord. See, there's a there's a baptism that I want you to receive. It's a baptism. The Lord was saying, there's a baptism I want you to get. I want you to understand. And there's a third baptism. And, and this is probably one of, the, one of the hardest for you and I to understand. See, to pass through the, the flood, we pass from an old nature to a new nature. And, 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 and an old atmosphere to a new atmosphere. I'm, I'm not who I was. I'm, I didn't like God because God wasn't in me. But now when God is in me, now my nature's changed. And, and, and now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the same creature I was. I, I don't live on, under the same atmosphere in the world. And 
Now I'm, I'm on the other side, and what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to get out. I'm supposed to repopulate the earth. with the, I'm supposed to take what was lost in the old nature, the Garden of Eden, and now I'm supposed to come as, a, as an Eden uh, inhabitant, and I'm supposed to replant Eden. Uh, in the second baptism, they, they brought them through the Red Sea. I'm on the other side. Don't tell me uh, that the devil made you do it, because if the devil made you do it, then you're the child of the devil. You're not a child of the devil. If you're a born-again, blood-bought child of God, you belong to him and let him dictate and tell you what you will and will not do through the power of his spirit. But then there's another baptism. There's another passing through the water. We've taken care of the old nature. We've taken care of the sin problem. We've taken care of the enemy. But now this whole wilderness of self will get you if you don't want you Now we got to pass through the Jordan. Each time they pass through, it's a, it's a type of baptism. Because the Lord just gives us layer after layer after layer after layer, portrait after portrait, so that we can understand the completed work of Christ. So they pass through the waters of the flood, they're into a brand new world. They pass through the waters of the Red Sea, now they're on the other side of that bondage. Now... I don't want you to die in the desert. I want you to make your way on into the place of promise. I've got places of promise for you. I want you to step over out of self into promise. And when you step out of self into promise, you step in the Jordan, stepping into the place that God has designed for you. Amen? Designed for you. So there's a... When they took the Ark of the Covenant and the priest holding the Ark of the Covenant and they stepped into the Jordan, the Bible says that the Jordan parted all the way back to Adam. A city of Adam. A coincidence? I don't think so. But see, the Ark of the Covenant is a representation of Christ. And whenever they stepped into the Jordan, it parted all the way to Adam I think it was actually this way because it was flowing downhill so it parted all the way back to Adam but when Jesus Christ was baptized by John when he was baptized by John and when he rose out of that water wasn't the Jordan that opened but the heavens that opened and there was a declaration come from heaven this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. There's a new Adam. There's a new Adam that just resurrected. Let me take you to some scriptures now as we move forward. Now, let's look in Romans, the sixth chapter. What shall we say then? Are you there with me? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. If your Bible doesn't have an exclamation point, you need to get you a different translation. Romans 6 and 1. Paul is asking the church at Rome, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died, what we, we were buried with him, live any longer in it I can't live in sin I've got Jesus in me or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized in Christ Jesus 
were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism. See that? There's, there's the death. We were baptized into death that just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Does it mean that you are going to make every decision right for the rest of your life? I wish. <laughs> Does it mean that your language in a moment has been purified? Too much proof against it. But let me ask you this. Is the new sourcing of your life from you or from him? See, when you were born into this world, you have a sin nature. Sin is residing inside of you. So sin comes out of you. But when you are born again, God takes care of that sin nature because he takes up residence in here. Now, just like... The image we see with Cain, sin is knocking, crouching at your door. See, sin is trying to get back in to make you forfeit your rights as a son and daughter of God. So if there's a sin, there's not so much a sin issue as there is a knowledge issue and a will issue. Because the enemy has to have your, your permission before he can do anything in your life. Amen? He, he's got to have your permission. So we can't blame the devil for what is happening in our life when we have made the decisions to let it happen. It, I'm not faulting you. I'm not condemning you. There's yet now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But see, the sin that we've been taught is coming out of us is not coming out of us. It's at the door knocking, trying to get into us. Does that not change a few things? Does that not help just a little bit so that we understand? Wait a minute. I don't have to keep saddling up to this situation and taking it and taking it and taking it. Wondering whether God is ever going to be pleased with me or not. But when I step into the nature of Christ, which is in me, as I've told you before, I'll tell you again. In the Air Force, any Air Force guys in here? There's Air Force breath. That'll work. Any sons or daughters of pilots? Anybody watch TV? What do they do with those airline pilots when they, or, or, the, or the fighter pilots? They, they give them those wings, do they not? They don't just pass them out the door. Hey, you want some wings? Got some wings, got some wings, got some wings. Here, go in that cockpit and take off. Here, take this group of people with you. No, you got to go through rigorous training. You got you to go through rigorous training. You're not just going to get in the cockpit. You got to earn those wings. But as a child of God, You're like the eagle. 
You've been born with wings. You're not earning your wings. You're just learning your wings. You're just learning how to fly. Now, Mama's not going to push you out of the nest and say the Lord hovers about over his people. And he's not going to push you out of the nest before you're ready. It's been a generation been pushed out of the nest and never even made it to the nest. But you're not going to push them out of the net before they're ready. We're not going to give the, this gospel to novice. We're, we're, going to, we're going to ensure that they understand who they are in Christ. But what we see is that there comes a time where it's, okay, I'm not going to chew this up and puke it in your mouth one more time. It's time to fly. It's time to fly. So mama begins to scoot little Junior over to the edge. He's thinking, you got something over here for me, mama? Sure is a long way down there. What are we doing? He's thinking, you know. Just before he hits the ground, mama picks him up. Sits him down and says, oh, that was good, but I don't want to do that again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mama got a hold of some bad berries or something. <laughs> she didn't, I don't know. Maybe that rat was infested that she chewed up last night. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, a little eaglet catches its breath. And, and now all of a sudden, Mama's nudging it again. Saying, oh, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> This process will continue and continue and continue. And some of you are thinking, this was so great when I first came into the kingdom of God. I just opened my mouth and the Lord just filled it up. This is so great. Everything is great. Everyone is wonderful and beautiful. And everything is grand. And no, we're not supposed to lose that kind of mindset. But there comes a day where it's time to get out of the nest. Because you're made for more than the nest. And that eaglet will do that over and over and over again. I don't know if mama let him drop on his head a couple times. Until there finally comes one moment. One moment where all of a sudden this turns into this. And those wings catch the wind. And all of a sudden, it's like, where have I been all of my life? And now, looking from a new perspective, see, that eagle does not earn its wings. It just learns it has wings. See, that's what we do with righteousness. When God saves us, he makes us entirely, perfectly, and every bit as righteous as him. What we learn is that we have no righteousness outside of him, but in him and by him and through him, we are as we ought to be. And I don't know about you, but that's good news because God didn't want me sitting there and living in a place where I'm always taking in because there's coming a day where I need to begin to give out. There's a day where I need to begin to populate another nest and raise up some more eaglets. They're going to fly and soar in the sky. Are you hearing me, church? It's time that we get out of this and get into this. Amen? So I don't fault people for failing. I just thank God you're trying. Amen?
don't clean, don't, don't regulate them up before we get them cleaned up. Amen? You got a foul mouth, let it flow. You know what I'm saying? I can't measure your progress if I'm putting a bunch of restrictions on you all the time. I never was one much about rules. I had people along the way, we got to give them a bunch of rules. I don't care about a bunch of rules because I can't measure your progress with a bunch of rules. I want you to do what you do because it's in you to do. Because the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is residing on the inside of you. And you come to the knowledge and the understanding, uh, that is not who I am. That is who I am now. I am not who I was. I am a brand new creature. Out of darkness into light. Amen? Just don't cuss around my kids, okay? <laughs> what? One rule, yeah, one rule. Don't cuss around the babies. But you hear what I'm saying? See, because the Lord... Oh, I'm going to have to carry this over another week. I'm sorry. I preached my intro all the way into my message again. No more intros. Okay, okay. No more intros if you get it this week, okay? All right? You're buried with him. That's what the baptism, that's what we're supposed to understand. We're buried with him. We are raised with him. And we are glorified with him. We are buried with him in baptism. Our old world is not, is not our new world. We're not bringing our old world, our new world back into the old world. It's not going to work that way. We're going to go out and we're going to rescue others through the light of Jesus Christ that shines inside of our heart. My God, isn't that good? It takes all the boredom out of church, doesn't it? Because we are on a lifeline mission. We are here declaring the truth of God's word, saying to people, you have a purpose. God has a plan. You're going to rise up. You're, God didn't call you into ministry to validate your weaknesses. See, we have too many generations that have not known who they are in Christ. And so ministry becomes a method and a means to validate their insecurities. And all along, their ministries have been enslaved to their insecurities. Because all they're looking for is the validation to feel better and acceptance. If I would just sacrifice myself here on the altar of ministry, now I will be what God wants me to be and he will be pleased. That's not what God's after. He's after sons and daughters. He's got enough slaves. The whole world and universe bows to him. He's looking for sons and daughters that will walk in their royal inheritance and be the children of God that they are called to be and to walk with him in the cool of the day, in the heat of the day, in the dark night, and when the sun rises, he's looking to bring you back to your genesis, which is fellowship with him. If he only came to die for your sins, he could have done it at birth. But he didn't. He carried it all the way through because he's interested more in just rescuing us from the damnable hell. He's interested in a fellowship and a relationship with you every single day of your life 
You are not made to walk alone. I'm going to close with this passage here. You can read those passages for your to bring us into next week. Genesis, I'm sorry, Galatians 2, 20, 21. I have been crucified. Pull that, thank you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, this is good stuff. In the, in the flesh suit I have, I live how? By faith in the Son of God who loved me mm, and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law or fulfilling the deeds of the law or through self-effort in obeying the law then Christ died for nothing if we could make it on our own we'd have made it but you can't and that leaves you in a paradoxical situation you're called to be holy if you want to see God but you can never be holy enough to see him. hmm I don't know if they're gonna get it let's go through a regimen let's do this for 1500 years we'll set up an altar they'll make sacrifices twice a day and they'll keep doing that day after day generation after generation generation after generation and they will end up in the same place that they started they will end up woefully short because if you get to the door you still can't go in unless you're invited and you can't get in unless you're holy and you can't be holy by yourself so you are in a pickle unless the Lord makes another way and the other way is this the real way not faith in yourself faith in your ability faith in your works faith in your righteousness but faith in the completed to tell us stop finished work of God now we learn who we are understand that he loves us and all that he did was to bring us into himself to show us his love and how we are made to walk with him not without him worship team make your way up father thank you for your mercy and grace father may thank you Lord for your mercy and grace Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done. All that you continue to do. So we stand across this building today. What's going on right now is there are those that are in this room. 
And all you've ever saw church to be was a set of rules that you couldn't ever measure up to. I've had sad conversations with individuals just before they stepped out of this world, 80, 90 years old, say these words come across their lips. Been in church their whole life, filled with the baptism of the Spirit, operating in the gifts, devout men and women of God. Question whether they've done enough to get in. Tears my heart out to know what Christ has done and then not have the understanding that we are complete in Him. And I am incomplete without Him. I don't want to be without Him. Not so that I can be complete, so that I can live in relationship with a living God and be driven by the Spirit, His Spirit inside of me. His plan is so much better than mine. There is some awesome news. It's called the gospel. It's the best drug I've ever been on. The gospel. Give me a double. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. I know I'm trying. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing this now. But. Okay, let's just end it. Part of the Father's reaching into this room right now. He's saying, You are mine, and I am yours. You belong to me. And He's going to take care of the voices that have told you your life that you're not worth it. And every time you question whether you're worth it, He's going to point you right back and say, Yes, you're worth everything bit of the sacrifice because I love you that much if you're in this house right now maybe you're hearing this message for the first time maybe you're hearing it for the 100th time but you're hearing it God is speaking to you you're saying I want that relationship with God that you're talking about. It comes from complete surrender. Just yielding to Him and saying, God, all of me for all of you. If that's you, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come and meet me right here. If that's you today, I want you to come and meet me right here. Come on. Come on. All of me for all of you. All of my pain, all of my hurt, all of my shame, all of me for all of you. If you're a child of God, and you've been living for the Lord, 
and you still got that question in your mind, God, have I done enough? Why not go ahead and settle that now? You just step out by faith and say, Lord, I receive the fullness of the message of Jesus Christ. You can pray where you're at. You can find a place. Worship team is going to begin to play right now. I'm going to say a brief prayer, then I'm going to pray. But if you need to be